0: everyone this week we celebrate valentines day and i thought it would be fun to have our next guest on to talk about love and romance because it's what she's been doing for many decades making connections with people to find their perfect match perry livermore is one of the country's most famous matchmakers with hundreds of couples having met and married through her incredible introductions and to be honest I thought matchmaking was something you only saw in the movies. I never thought it could actually be a real thing. But it is, and I've heard the proof. She's right here right now to share her amazing stories of several hundred love connections over the years. Please welcome Perry Livermore to the Janice Dean Podcast. Perry, thank you so much for being on the Dean's List today.
1: Well, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for asking me.
0: You know, when I think of matchmaker... I don't believe that it it's a thing, but you are living proof that there are matchmakers out there, but you're probably the most famous one.
1: Oh, well, thank you for saying that. But match, there's many matchmakers. And uh, I think if someone is looking for someone, it's good to try all avenues. Like certainly online is good as long as you do it safely and and through your friends, that's been going on since uh, Jane Austen. And that's, a, I think, about the best way. Yes. And then, of course, matchmaking is very wonderful also.
0: Right. Well, I, my friends, Leanne and Tony, were the ones that introduced me to my husband, Sean. And it was one of those things, Perry, where I wasn't really looking for love. And, you know, my past relationships were all about you know, that spark, right? Like right away, oh my gosh, you're totally attracted to one another. And I found that with Sean, uh, it it happened gradually, very slowly. We began as friends. Is that how you think it should be?
1: Uh, not necessarily. I think <laughs> okay. some people, some people meet that way and and feel the way you did. And some people, it's like, Lightning, yes. you know it's okay. uh, it's it's the thunderbolt. So you, it just depends on the person, and also one person can meet people and have different relationships in different ways. Mm. And you can maybe some guy will sneak up on you like Sean did, or some guy you'll look at him and you'll say, "This is it." Yeah. So it just depends on the person and the time.
0: Okay. So how did you know you were good at this?
1: Well, you know, I've been doing this since I was in high school uh, i was sort of the kid to ridicule i always had my nose in a book uh, i was not popular and i would always pray at night that i should be popular that was you know how what a important that thing that is in high school and i was just new in high school and uh, i started realizing when i was a young girl my grandmother told me if you could do one thing better than everyone else, that people will want to meet you. And so I started thinking, well, one thing I could do is um, I could introduce people to one another. And most of the people in in my school knew all the rest of the people. Mm. But I started going to football games and basketball teams, and I would take my yearbook and I'd say, do you like him because he does this and he, he likes, you know, he belongs to the science club. He's the captain of the basketball team, and I think you might like him. And if they said yes, then I would, you know, get their number, and I'd try to make the match. And at the beginning, you know, people thought I was kind of odd that I was coming up and saying, hey, I know someone for you. But I got so good at it that I couldn't even hardly walk down the hall without getting uh, kind of sidetracked by people saying, oh, listen, I need a date on Saturday night. And I went from the kid to ridicule to the go-to gal and at the end of my high school career, I was dating like the captain of the basketball team and the president of student council. So I completely reinvented myself because I decided I would give people the gift of each other. Wow.
0: Now, how do you do it? Do you t- do people fill out a questionnaire? Do you talk to them? How do you get that sort of that well matchmaking flow
1: like- Yeah, well, sometimes they write me a text or a letter or an email, and so I kind of get the general gist. But then I want to speak to them because I want to see what they look like. I want to see, you know, people's presentation is so important. And I want to really develop an intimacy so that they will tell me the truth about things or their real feelings about things. And I, I usually have like a lunch with them or a coffee, some meeting, and then I ask them very pertinent questions. And I ask them what they want, but I mostly determine what how I assess them. And then I try to be very, uh, it's sort of like the scales of justice. Uh, when you 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 kind of look in someone's hand and say, well, this person has these coins and these, these assets in their hand. And then they're looking for someone who has these other coins and assets in their hand hands my coins i don't mean money i mean real assets and so they can you know they can have an idea of what they want and i can so sort of going around looking at everybody's hand what have you got to offer and what are you looking for and when i see that i have a very good memory i've always been blessed with an excellent memory and when i meet someone i'm always thinking in my mind well it who is this person? Uh, who do I know that would be great? And I started asking him questions about, well, do you like to read? You know, what kind of things do you do that, I'll, you know, athletically? And and I'm always kind of weighing and measuring my mind until I come up with some good people.
0: Mm. And you've made hundreds of connections, love connections.
1: I've made 309 connections. <laughs> and but doing it, I've also raised more than $5 million. Yes. Tell me about that. Well, um I decided that uh you know, I was I was started doing parties. I'm really great at parties too. And which is one reason why I've been so successful, because I can give a party. <laughs> so anyway, I was giving these parties and these big hotels and things and for nonprofit organizations. And I determined that that uh the reason that people were uh interested in me is is I had a very good sense of being able to find what people wanted. So uh, I mostly went to the men and I, cause we had a, a lot of men in our group who were very successful. I was in Silicon Valley area. And uh, I said, okay, well, if you make a donation at the heart association for at the beginning, I charged them like $600, then I will look for you and try and find the women like that. And of course they could see that I had some wonderful women at the party. I've always been known for women who are very attractive and very smart. Mm. Because uh, even before it was just okay to be very attractive and have a nice figure, I always liked very bright women. And I thought they were more interesting. So people would come to the parties and they'd meet all these kinds of women. And they could tell that I would have the ability to find someone for them.
0: Okay, and but you do it, and you give the money to charity, correct?
1: They don't even give it to me. The checks uh, are there. Everything's written out directly to the nonprofit organization. That's amazing. And and I developed a group called. Well, the, our, the party I gave many times had a thousand people, a thousand single people there, and uh, the woman, women wore wore red, white, and black, and the men wore tuxedos with red cummerbunds, and, and the women paid a dollar a dance. I was doing it for the women. So the women paid a dollar dance to dance with the, the men. And sometimes we'd have men's choice, but lots of times they buy a little ticket and the, there was a space in the back for their phone number. And they would just go around dancing with all these men and, and asking them to dance. And of course, they'd have to pay a dollar dance, which was worth a lot more then and than it is now. It was like 35 years ago, 40 years ago. And so then what happened was was that we ended up you know, charging. uh, We had a couple of parties for one ticket. And so you we ended up charging kind of a hefty figure for them. And then there were all these men that would be patrons, we called it. And I would, on the side. I would try and find whatever it is they happen to be looking for.
0: Hmm. Okay. so how did you meet
1: your husband? I met my husband because I was on the board. They asked me I did such a good job. With my first party that I gave for the American Heart Association, uh, they I did such a good job. They uh, proclaimed me to be uh, in the San Francisco Chronicle, one of the 10 top parties of the year. And then and uh, tv said it was the premier singles event. I mean, it really just took off. And so the... Um, the American Cancer Society got a hold of me, and I had had a son who died of cancer, and they had found that out. And so they invited me to uh, come and take all of what I was doing over to the Cancer Society. And uh, they put, they said, we'd like to put you on our board. Of course, that was desirable to me because I everybody wonders what it's like to sit on a nonprofit board, right? Mm-hmm. So I became a member of the board for the American Cancer Society and my husband was on the board but he never came to the events and so when i saw him i said well why aren't you going to the events he had been everyone said how handsome he was which was true and everybody said how smart he was and at that time by the way he was the state chairman of the republican party he had just finished his term i should say okay and so he was a very interesting man he also started Uh, the Trust for Public Land. He was a very moderate Republican. He called a progressive at the time, and he started 11 California state parks. He was from a a family that cared a great deal about conservation. So he was very interesting to me, and he cared about the things I cared about. But I just said, hey, you know, why don't you come to to the board meetings? And by the way, you know, we were at a party. Why aren't you asking me to dance? And so that was how we happened to get together.
0: I love it. So you took it into your own hands. You weren't... You weren't... I took it... Oh,
1: that's right. Okay. And I think, by the way, that all women should do that. Ooh. If, they're, if they're not meeting someone, they should try taking it into their own hands. Because a lot of women, you know, when they look for a job, they go to great lengths. When you look for a husband or a partner then you should also go to great lengths to try and meet somebody Mm. who's a lot easier than you think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we'll be back with more of the Janice Dean podcast right after this. Fox News Radio On Demand on the Fox News app. Download the app and just click listen. When you swipe left, you can listen to your favorite Fox News talk shows live. Swipe right for the latest Fox News Radio newscasts on demand. Fox News Radio on the Fox News app. Download it today. So, do you have all age groups? What's the what's the common I do number?
1: I do, I do. I have uh, this one. Of course, as I get older, the people I know get older. But but uh, I used to do a lot in the twenties. But now I'm in the early thirties. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of the men that I match, of course, I don't match these men together with these young women. But uh, some of the men I match are can be into their. Early '80s, late '70s, and mm. I and I find people for their them in their age group, and I mostly what I look for is I've known for very exceptional people, and so I care more more than age. I care about how interesting is the person, how exceptional is the person. I don't match everyone um, who comes to me, and I don't match just people that I'm not really. I don't believe in, Hmm. I might think that I could find someone or that I would really enjoy meeting myself. Hmm. And so those are the kind of people that I match people who are uh, and I call it playing with matches. I kind of play with matches. I find a person that's really terrific. And then I get enthusiastic about them and I go out looking. You're invested in them. I'm invested in them. That's exactly right.
0: So do you get invited to all the weddings that you help make happen?
1: Uh, I do. My husband used to say, of course I was much more prolific when I was younger, but my husband used to say, "Well, do we have any weddings this weekend?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Valentine's Day coming up. From you, I want to yes, know right. I want to know what you need uh, to do before you uh, go out there before you start finding a mate.
1: Yes, it's very important that a woman should really understand what is it that she wants a lot of women are just sitting there waiting for something to happen mm. waiting for maybe they'll meet this guy at this party maybe they might meet get this guy somewhere else but it, they're just waiting and they haven't really thought enough about what is it that they want and i always say if you can't name it you can't claim it mm. you've got to understand what you want and it makes the whole process much easier but you also have to make a pact with yourself. You can't say, well, I'm only going to go out with the guys that have one I, that I want that are good looking. If good looking is on your list, fine, you can do that. But if you really think about it, if the guy looks like, you know, Tom Cruise, then, yes, you, you want to go out with him. But if he is not having what you want, then why should you even waste your time? Yeah. And it's vice versa. Mm -hmm. If the guy is looks like Barney Fife, but he has all the things you want, you must go out with him because you never know what could happen. It's especially, you know, you just let it happen. But but don't just uh, let the world happen to you where you whoever you go, because sometimes uh, I think another problem with women is they don't investigate further Hmm. they just kind of say oh he looks good he has these characteristics i'm in love no you have to sit down with him time after time and ask him the right questions and of course you don't want to sound like you're uh you know just investigating him to the end but you just kind of make it flow into the conversation what do you think about this and he'll try to ask you questions too but one of the tricks is is you've got to be question answer question. You've got to answer briefly and then go on to the next question.
0: <laughs> Do you recommend dinners or coffees or or lunches? What's the best time frame to get to know somebody?
1: Well, if you really want to get to know someone, you need a longer period of time. Um, but I think that nobody should like, for instance, if you're online or if you somebody's fixing up with a date. Or if you just meet someone briefly, you really don't know much about him. So it's better to have like a short visit, mm. like maybe a, a drink or maybe a coffee or something like that. If you think you're really going to be interested in him, why not a nice lunch or a nice dinner?
0: Mm-hmm. So five things you should never say on a date.
1: Okay, five things you should never what you should never do on a date. Okay, I'll say what you should never do on a date. What you should never do on a date. Is you should never unpack all of your baggage. You know we all have baggage, <laughs> but you don't. You don't say, uh, "Oh, I have this problem, and then I have that problem." A lot of women, if they like a guy, they make a reversal. They say, "Oh, I want like him so much. I want him to know everything about me. Mm. I want him to know all my problems and everything because I like him so much." And I think are you' crazy. I mean, all the other women that meet him are saying. Telling him what's good about them. And he certainly isn't going to want to be with you is if you unpack all of your baggage Mm -hmm. right at the beginning, especially if you have a trunk full, you know, uh, it's not very exciting. Another thing I think that's important is, is that what you need to do about meeting people is to find the good and praise it. And a lot of people don't understand this concept, but it really works so well. You look at someone, even if you're having not so wonderful a time, you try and figure out what is good about this person. I know you could do this because you're a very positive person, but you find what you think is good about him. And sometime during the evening, you can say, oh, you know what my favorite thing is about you? And then you say, you know, gee, you're a great dresser or you tell me that you're a great computer programmer that is so wonderful to meet people that can do their job so well whatever it is or even if you just say someone that can find such a great restaurant you find the thing that you like about the person and when you say thank you you know everybody texts or emails and said gee thanks a lot for the great day hope to see you again no no what right then when you've got him at the end you say I want you to know that, and whatever it is, my favorite thing about you is I really enjoyed such and such night, and I really want to thank you. And even if it's a guy that you never want to see again, it's good to thank him because he did spend the time, but also he has friends. And you better believe that men talk. They talk <laughs> in locker rooms. They talk everywhere. And so you never want to uh, have someone go away without getting a good impression of you Mm. you know it never Eleanor Roosevelt says said that you never get a second chance to make a first impression Mm -hmm. so make a nice impression on him and on your first date, and you never have to see him again if you don't want to but make sure he has a nice time he's given you the pleasure of his company
0: Mm. now if you come out of that date and you're like I don't know if this guy is for me do you do you suggest do trying again
1: no no, I don't think you should. I think you should go away and think about it. Okay. I think we have a, a a way of doing that. But I don't think, in the first place, that sounds a little too eager to me. That you should just just try and again. Okay, you let him. I think a lot of women, they. Uh, this is another thing that's important. Is, you know, you should wear one hat in the bedroom and one hat in the boardroom. Women are are achieving so much lately, but. Do not try to compete against the man. But mm. he's telling you, "Well, I did this. Well, I, you know, if he says I'm a great tennis player, you don't say, as a matter of fact, I'm an NCAA champion. No, you don't do that. You kind of let him uh, let him shine a little bit. Don't." compete with him because even though you're an amazing woman and nowadays you know women are are every bit if not more exciting than men so Mm -hmm. let him the man still does the choosing and you do the picking you you can he can choose you and and like you but if you don't want him it's your that's your decision Mm -hmm. and one thing that's so important when you uh when you meet someone too besides finding the good and praise it and you know being able to have to not to criticize him is uh don't give away your power if you like him and that would be like giving what you just said would kind of be like giving away your power he's seeing that you want to see him again well that gives away some of your power let him want to see you again let him and and also if he calls you if he says i'll call you on tuesday and he doesn't when he calls, you don't say, well, I waited for you on Tuesday and you didn't call me. Or why didn't you call me on Tuesday? No, what you want to do is have someone else you can go out with on Tuesday, have other things in your life. And you, you don't want to let him think that you, he has so much power that you're sitting around waiting for him to call and it makes such a big, important impression on you.
0: That's a really good point. I feel like it's, it's good to have all sorts of other options, hobbies, you know, things that make you happy because that's how you're going to meet people, right? If you're just, if you have this plan that you want to get married or you want to settle down, but you don't have other interests, you know, I don't know, that's just not interesting
1: that's exactly right and i think when you you asked me the question about how what should women begin to do before they start dating around valentine's day you know you should think of yourself as a diamond you're polishing every facet can you learn to play chess can you learn to play can you learn to ball all these things that you can learn to make yourself a more interesting person and Not just that, but too. I I see the women who really meet people, and they're looking really good. I think we should try and every time you go out the door to look the best you can look. Mm. When you, if you know that you look great in in a couple of different dresses or jeans or whatever, put them in a special part in your place in your closet. Make sure they're always clean. Make sure if you have a last minute date or you're going somewhere. You'll be able to look your very best. Mm -hmm. And because that is really, even if you're going to the post office, if you meet someone, you can feel, you know, like you're looking your best and you can have confidence in yourself. So if a woman, and, and also in every facet of your life, how are you doing with your job? I see these women who are looking good, their jobs are in a good place, their life is in a good place, and they seem to be meeting people faster and more then, if there if people are not taking the time to polish their facets, to uh, be the best person they can be, it's not just really uh, finding the best person for you, but you have to be the best person for him. Mm,
0: yep. So, how do we meet more men? Not me, but you know the single gals. Oh, out I there. know,
1: I know. You're very happy with Sean, <laughs> and you should be. But um. How you meet more men is very important. Like, you have to. Uh, one of the things that uh, was popular in the Jane Austen time, too, is people don't understand that their friends are great resources. Mm. Like, and you have to note some friends, make some maybe perhaps new friends. If you're looking around uh, and there's a group of men and they all seem to be gravitating towards one or two of these women, then. Those are going to be your new best friends. And when you go out with them, a lot of women think, well, if I go out with a plain girl, then I'll shine. But no, when you're with glamorous women or prettier women, you're going to look better. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that happens, too, is all these men are going to come around her and want to meet her. And, you know, you can pick up what's going on around the edges. They can't the guys that can't get right through the middle. and She doesn't like them as much. And then you can meet them. And you can have suddenly have a group of men around you because you're very nice and you're very you know easy to get along with. And pretty soon you've got a whole group around you. So it's important to um, use your friends or help each other, not just use them, but help your friends and have them help you. And another important thing is you can have parties and different things to meet people. Like you can say to your you're talking to a bunch of friends you can say, hey why don't we have a party and we'll each invite two guys that none of the rest of us know and you know guys that you think we might want to know and then the women can bring the food the men can bring the alcohol or whatever you want but you know use the peoples that are with you to help we, we you help one another that's that's what you do you can even uh do something like, Uh, recycle like you can if you have one friend that you notice that she has some guy that she used to date you she doesn't date him anymore you can say hey you know I have this great guy for you and if you would introduce me to George and the way you get the great guy is next time you're in a group of men and you're trying to really flirt with one guy and make make him like you and you realize you're not getting anywhere what you say to him is and it has to be true. You've got to have your group of fabulous women or a couple, one or two really fantastic women, smart, beautiful, the whole package. And you can say to them, you know, I know a woman I think you might like. And then what happens is it's like a chain reaction. He will say, oh, well, okay, i like to do that. And you make the match. But then what happens is that when he has a party, he's going to remember that you did that for him. Hmm. And so he may invite you. And your friend Is gonna say well gee she's been so nice to me maybe i should you know fix her up with george and whatever it is you you try to every day you should if you really want to meet somebody and have a partner in your life you think of how can i meet move the Ball forward. It can even be something like, hey, calling up a friend saying, why don't we meet for dinner? Uh, I know there's a lot of men always standing at the bar. Or you can say, why don't we meet for dinner? We'll bring a bunch of women and we'll also bring a, a couple of guys and we'll everybody will go Dutch treat and, and we'll see if we can enjoy one another and meet another person. There's so many ways, if you think about it, that you can do that. And if you don't want to, you know, have your friends help you, then you can do things like you find out, like you were saying, you're more interesting if you belong to different clubs or you have different interests. Join the stamp collecting club if that's what you like to do. Mm -hmm. Join the ski club and get, and there's some things that women mostly never go to. Like um, if you go, for instance, uh, if you go to some places, like even some of the, ski bars at aspen and things like that. Have you ever noticed that there's hardly any women there? You know what a great thing to do is plan a ski vacation and hit hit those places for after ski because there are always many more men than there are women. And, and 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 you can go to things like you can join, take a class, and you don't want to take a class and in, you know, how to make your own dress. You can take a class <laughs> in how to make a birdhouse because, you know, there's not a lot of girls that are going to sign up for how to make a birdhouse. Yes. Right?
0: Very good point. Don't go anywhere. We'll have more of the Janice Dean podcast right after this. You know what I like, too, is the is the human to human contact. You know, I feel like, yes. you know, our kids are on their devices of the texting and all that. Let's get back to the old fashioned way of meeting people in a restaurant or at the club or whatever. So you're talking to the person face to face. I worry that we're losing that. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, you see these young people at parties; they're texting each other across yeah. the room, which I don't understand at all. And even when you dance, it used to be, you know, you dance close and nice, and now they do all these dances where everybody <laughs> jumps up and down and does their own thing, and that's no fun. You know, part of the part of the the whole idea of dancing was to, you know, have it be a little romantic. Mm-hmm. So uh, I agree with you a thousand percent, and and I also think. That we have to make time for uh, not just meeting dates, but for our our people we love and our families and everything. We need to make more time for one another. So that's a very good suggestion. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's never too late, right? You know. Um... I my mom for in- instance, you know, I we lost my dad many many years ago and she's yeah. you know, she's had a companion uh for a few years and that, you know, that was kind of hard for me to accept like oh, she's in her she's going to be in her 80s. That's that isn't that weird? But you know what? <laughs> the more I hear it, I know several 80-year-olds that are still looking for love.
1: That's exactly right. There are numerous ones and you know, George Eliot said it's never too late to become the woman you would like to become. So uh, your mom could maybe step it up a little and <laughs> make herself, she wants to meet someone, make herself, like, you know, buy a few extra dresses and go to the hairdresser a little more, whatever. So you can even even make improvements on yourself mm-hmm. at an older age. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so I've got, what's the best birthday present you can give a man?
1: Now, if there's a takeaway in this interview with you, that is it. And I'll tell you why. It's really? Yes, because it's something that I invented and you can do this with Sean. Okay. And I will tell you you'll be very happy. Okay. You will be delighted. Okay, here it is. You you have you go out to dinner with a man and you beforehand have written a list nice you know set it up nicely on the computer a page at least and it has to be at least 15 things on it Uh, things that you really love about him and admire about him and it should be something maybe physical like you like his big brown eyes and you like the fact that he always opens the door for you or you like the fact that he's so good with the kids or you like the fact that he's so polite to the people who wait on you, the waiting staff, whatever it is that you like, you put it all down on a list. And then you get out the, you know, you give him the card, you get out the paper and you talk to him about each one of these things that you really admire and like about him. Now I remember when I did it with my husband, he said, can I have that page? Please. Can I have that? And uh, then when my husband passed on, I did to my uh, significant other, and he goes around reading it to strangers. the people I uh, and then also uh, I've had girlfriends. I've told them about it, and they tell me, "Oh my goodness, Perry!" And, and one of them told me that their husband always kept it in his top drawer, Aww. and he and he always mentions it. And, and another one of my girlfriends said, "Well, I, I had on my list that my husband always had such." kept his car so clean and every time we get in he says oh i have to clean out the car you said out you really like it. so that is something that it's like miraculous men really love that they mm-hmm. want to know why you love them and how much you love them. And it makes them feel so good.
0: I think that is such an important point. You know, I think as women, we always kind of maybe expect our man to keep telling us how beautiful we are, how, you know, they love us and that kind of thing. But we have to do that right back and maybe even more so.
1: Yes, maybe, especially when they're having going through a bad time and everything you want to, you know, you want to kind of pep it up a little, just like they do with us, and and say these nice things. But it doesn't even, you know, they can say romantic things, oh, like you're so beautiful, you, you know, you always look so nice. But what we can say in ours is be more specific mm. about not just oh, you look so beautiful tonight. It would be more like, you know, whenever I'm with you, you always are dressed so well, and I'm always so proud of you. Whatever the things are that you like, let him know that mm-hmm. because he needs to know. Yeah, it's a great Valentine's gift.
0: You know what else is a great Valentine's gift is listening to your spouse or your boyfriend or whomever, you know, because I think we get so caught up and I'm guilty of this. You know, you're at home, you've got your phone, you're constantly scrolling through stuff. And this has happened before where my husband's trying to tell me a story and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about something else. And clearly, you know, he he'll say to me, well, I'm trying to tell you something, put the phone down. The best gift you can give somebody is to just put all all the tablets, all the phones and throw them in not the garbage, but throw them in somewhere where you can't see them, them and yes. have a conversation. Because I think that that's one of the most important things you can do uh, for your loved one.
1: I I think that Sean's going to have a great Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. I agree very much with you. And I think that's it's true with with finding a love and and with everyone in your life but men like that too men want to feel that when you make them feel good mm. and when they when they and you're happy with them that's very important men don't want to be with women who aren't happy so what happens is is if you feel like you make them happy and and you say wonderful things and show them in many ways you know maybe cook a nice meal from whatever it is you do to make men happy then uh it makes them feel so good that they want to see you again yeah. and i've had men that say well you know i'm not really sure whether i like susan but i had such a wonderful time i'm going to take her out again mm. and i think that that's really something that men like they want to feel good When you're with them. Mm -hmm. And in fact, this could be a very important takeaway, too. It's not how much you love someone. It's how they make you feel when you're with them.
0: That's awesome. Oh, what a great conversation, Perry. I think you're amazing. Uh, You know, I don't want to just wait for Valentine's Day. I hope you and I can keep in touch because I think you have some really great advice. Um, And, you know, I, I think I love what you're doing. You're bringing we need more love in the world. We need more
1: matchmaking. Well, thank you. And I think everybody might do it for nonprofit organizations, yes. too.
0: I think that my that's husband used see.
1: Yes. And, and it makes you feel good. I mean, it's a win win. You feel good about doing something. You know, you could have a party and have it have everybody come and, and make a donation to a nonprofit. Mm,
0: I love that. If people want to find out more about you, do you have a website?
1: Uh, yes, I have. A lot of websites. <laughs> uh, you just kind of pop on because I do a lot of work for nonprofits, so there's always a lot, a lot of ways to get in touch with me. Oh, good.
0: Okay? What are your favorite nonprofits?
1: Uh, right now, I'm working. I was just inducted into the Hall of Fame at the Irish C- Center in Philadelphia, where I live. Congratulations! And also, I'm sending forty children of migrant workers to college. Wow! So I am. Uh, so the Mini canon School. They all are. At a school that's underserved, in the um, in in a section of the wine country in San Francisco.
0: Mm, I love it. I think that that's so important. Uh, so thank you for for doing that uh, and spreading the love, Perry Livermore. You're amazing. Oh, and you are too.
1: <laughs> so thank you so much.
0: Thanks again to Perry Livermore for joining me today to talk about her very unique skills as a matchmaker. Now I've got that song from Fiddler on the Roof in my head. Matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. If you would like to find out more about Perry, she has a website. You can go to perrylivermore.com. And if you're trying to come up with a great movie to watch on Valentine's Day, one of my favorite romantic quotes comes from the movie When Harry Met Sally, which I have seen dozens of times. It goes... When you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Thank you to all of my listeners. If you have someone you think should make the Dean's List, let me know at JaniceDean on Twitter or FNC on Instagram. Or you can rate this podcast.